Today I want to talk about the mind. You know, the thing that's between your ears. You've got to have your mind in control. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you think is what you become. And people don't understand that. And so if you're going to press in, and there's a land of good things, and you want them to be yours, you've got to know how to press in. What does it mean to have the high praises of God in our mouth? What does it mean? It certainly isn't singing in tongues or shouting. That isn't high praise. So what does it mean? Certainly not getting emotional, so what does it mean? Well, you've all been singing it. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to press in and make it my... If you start asking people questions just on a simple song, I'll know his glory. Why don't you know his glory? Why didn't you press in? What's your problem? Well, if you can find the problem, you'll find the solution. Hmm. And it's all between your ears and your mind. 90% of people have problems in their mind. And they try and make it spiritual. Hey, as a man thinketh in his so as a man in his heart, so your thinking and your thoughts govern what you are, according to God. So how do you get to the right mind so you can press in and the good things will be yours? Why do you live in confusion, in doubt, in bitterness, in envy, in all the other things that are wrong when God intends you to enjoy the good things? Good question. I'm glad you asked it. You know, uh, we're not a disembodied spirit. We're human beings. Hey, everything is about living... Your mind is bombarded all the time with different thoughts, different ideas. And basically, you're going on the road to destruction if you're not pressing in to the good things. Maybe you'd like to know the answer, and maybe you wouldn't. What I love about um, the Bible is, Thy word is a light to my feet. It shows me how to walk. And if you ignore what the Bible teaches, you get in trouble. But if you're one of these people that kind of lives by the false idea that you can claim a scripture and, uh, and it'll be okay, that doesn't work either. That's delusion. Uh, and so we need to look at what God really says. It's not the gifts you need. You need to know and be in relationship with the person. Uh, if you're not in relationship with Christ, uh, none of these things apply. And I wanted to look this morning. Um, Colin started with that song, you know, um, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Uh, most people 
sitting around here live with, with a problem. The problem is what governs your thinking. Because as a man thinketh, that's what he is. So if you've got a problem in your life, you know where it comes from. It comes from your thinking. It doesn't come from some spirit up there. It comes from your thinking in here. And you get your thoughts wrong and your life goes wrong. Jesus Christ overcame all the power of the enemy 2,000 years ago. Uh, poor devil, he's not in it. Your problem is you. It's not your grandmother, your grandfather. It's not some curse, it's you. Uh, and you've got to face it. The way you think is the way you are. So, I want you to look at the scriptures and follow them with me so you don't miss out. Because if you miss out, uh, people ring me up and they complain. Oh, you know, panic. Uh, and it's all in the mind. I remember one woman coming to the church and, and she looked. I was talking to someone and she looked over and it was about 300 people in the room and she looked uh, and she was convinced because I happened to glance around the room that, that I was talking about her. She wasn't even in my thoughts but played on her mind and then she built a nice scenario. People always build nice scenarios. You know, envy, bitterness, rancor, they all come from the mind. They don't come, uh, and the devil operates by lying. He's a father of lies, and he works on people's minds. You see, the thing that destroys you is your mind. People are destroyed in life by, by their thinking. They get wrong attitudes, wrong, wrong feelings, and before you know it, it governs their whole life. And when you try and tell them, that's crazy. They don't want to listen because they're so entrenched. The strongholds of Satan are in the, in the reasonings and imaginations, the Bible says. And then they get so entrenched and bitter and angry. And they don't understand what's going on. Well, let's see what the Bible says. Uh, must look at the book. Because you can see it and hear it. And that's two things. Your eyes and your senses. And some of you haven't got much sense, but it will go in if you listen to the word of God. It really will. The mind. Let's look in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll start there. Verse 1 says, Now I, Paul, myself beseech you, by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence and base among you, but being absent and bold towards you, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present, with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. You know, it's, it's amazing how people will always excuse themselves by accusing the person that challenges them. 
It's as old as the hills. For we walk in the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do you look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trust to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. And he goes on to talk about authority. Look, the strongholds of Satan are in the mind. Holy Ghost has come to pull down the, the imaginations. What are the imaginations? Hey, any man when he goes anywhere, the first thing that clicks into gear is imagination. That's how you think, you imagine. And imagination is a deadly source. I imagine this will happen. I imagine that will happen. I imagine he thinks this. I imagine he thinks that. Whatever you do in life, you're governed by your thinking. That's how you're governed. As a man thinketh in his heart. That's how he is. And so your imagination, God says he's come to pull them down because... They exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Hey, your imaginations are actually against God. And you exalt your thinking above God. That's what the Bible's teaching. In other words, you're saying, God, you're wrong, I'm right. And your thinking goes against God and you do violence against God. When you start thinking in your minds the wrong way, you're actually, your imaginations are going against God. Now that's what the Bible teaches. You're not neutral. It's against God. Look at it. It's casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. You've got to cast them down. Now, the word there, imaginations, in the Greek, it's reasonings. You know, they they come against God. Your carnal reasonings are totally against God. Not against man, it's against God. You've got to cast them down. How do you do it? By the Holy Ghost. You can't do it by yourself. And you've got to bring into captivity every thought. What to? What to? In other words, God's will has got to govern your thinking. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. You're not entitled 
to think you can live for yourself. Every thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ, you've got to bring it into captivity. You've got to train your mind. You've got to not allow your mind to go after anything but obedience to Christ. And it says you've got to bring into captivity every thought. You want to enjoy the good things. The Lord has given a land of good things. I will go in and they'll be mine. They won't if you don't bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You'll say, well, that's just one scripture. I'm glad you mentioned it. Ephesians chapter 2. We'll look through the scripture. What the Bible says about the natural mind. You need to know. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Now here Paul says, hey, you did walk one way according to the course of this world. You see, the course of this world is totally contrary to God's will. You did walk that way. And it was also according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom we all had our conversation in time past. Yes, we did, but now we don't. Why? Not because of what we did, but because of what he did for us 2,000 years ago. By grace are you saved. And you know, God is going to show his love in the reality of the church, that in the ages, verse 7, in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it's a gift of God. God has given us a gift whereby we can get out of the course of the prince of the power of the air. We can get out of walking in the course of this world. We can get out of the sin that so easily besets by a change of mind and God has given a gift in his son to enable us to be different. By grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself, it's a gift. Don't do anything for it you begin to realize that one way leads to eternal destruction and the other way 
is a land of good things. I'll press in, they'll be mine. I don't have to live in poverty. I don't have to live in bondage. I don't have to live with disease. I don't have to live the wrong way. I can live the right way. And it's to do with the mind. Is that plain? You see, you're either a child of the devil or you're a child of God. There's no neutrality. Either you're born from above and you belong to Jesus or you're a child of the devil. Either you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son or you're part of the kingdom of darkness. And it's governed by how you think. It's not some experience. It's a life lived. And a life lived is very important. Let's look on. Selfishness, you know. Uh, in verse 3, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Whose desires are the flesh and mind? Our own selfishness. You know, one of the ingredients of a person who lives carnally is he's totally selfish and self-centered. Lives for himself. He's always worried about what people think about him. If you're worried about what people think about you and say about you, it's because you're so self-centered and so uh, self-inflated and all you live for is your selfish ideas and your selfish desires that you walk outside of Christ's purposes. It's me and mine. Deadly. Paul said, hey, we all had our life there, but now we've changed. We found there was a gift that got us out of that. Thank God there was. By grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it's a gift. Thank God it's a gift. You don't deserve it. And God's going to show in the ages to come the wonderful love he had toward us. He got us out the mess. Now you might say, well, that's just one scripture. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I'm coming to the solution, but I just want to show you the problem. Someone gives you a solution without the problem. Now look, don't think that you're kind of absolved. Everyone's got to look. It says in the scripture, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in Christ should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. 
Hey, you know what the devil does? He wants to alienate you in your mind. How does he alienate you from God? By wicked works. Wicked works alienate a man and make him the enemy of God. Suddenly guilt comes in. And most people live with guilt. That alienates you from God. (laughs) It's in your mind, but it alienates you from God. Wicked works alienate you. As long as you can understand that, you get alienated from God by wicked works. You see, doing the work of the flesh is wicked works. Living for yourself is wicked works. Being self-centered and selfish is wicked works. Walking according to the course of this world is wicked works. Hey, it's alienated and made you an enemy of God. As far as you're concerned, God's your enemy. He's against you. So when you come to hear the preaching, the preacher's against you. When someone tries to correct you, they're against you. And you spend your time trying to justify your wrong actions because you immediately spring to self-defense. If you try and defend yourself all the time, the answer is you're alienated from God by wicked works and you're trying to justify yourself. But there is no justification. Once a man tries to justify himself, he shows he's alienated from God. It's amazing how people always do it. Trying to make an excuse. You're without excuse, old man. Is that clear? You that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind. The enemy, you, you see, it's how you think. The devil plays with your mind. And you get alienated from God and you treat him as an enemy. And you say, but I'm a Christian. Hey, what's gone wrong? It's in your mind. Now, does the Bible say that? Hello? Does the Bible say that? Is it there? In the book? Do you believe God's right? Well, come on. Do you believe God's right? Okay, where's your problem? Where is it? Where is it? So you make yourself an enemy of God by wicked works. That's the problem. Nice to believe that it's someone else's fault. But I tell you what, you get mighty hostile when there's wicked works going on. Alienated from God. I meet a lot of people who are alienated from God. Uh, And you know, they think it's a devil or a demon. And they're alienated from God and they try to give all kinds of excuses. You're alienated by what? Wicked works. That's what alienates you. Wicked works. Wicked works. And where are you alienated? In your your mind. So suddenly all your thinking is hostile towards God and God's people. Why? It's in your mind. Terrible to find people alienated from God in their minds. 
Okay, you say, well, is that all? No. 2 Corinthians 3. It's good you've got a Bible. 2 Corinthians 3. We're looking at the natural mind. Verse 12. This will help you. I think it's always useful to know this. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. You know, there's one thing about it. I like to make it plain. I want to get in your face. I'm not interested in trying to compromise or or hide the things. I want to be in your face. If you think I'm getting at you, I am. Heck, if I wasn't a preacher who tries to get at you, I'd talk to the ceiling. I want to face each one of you, eyeball to eyeball. Because your eternal destiny depends on your obedience to Christ. And you need to learn how to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And if you want to enjoy all the benefits of God, you better learn to live His way and obey Him. And it's a gift, a gift of life by Jesus Christ. And all you're doing is destroying yourself. Not only have you made yourself an enemy of God, not only have you alienated yourself from the life of God, but you are going to lose because you're not going to defeat God. Really, you're a fool to yourself. You're hurting yourself. You're not hurting anyone else. You think it's someone against you. No, you're against God. Is that plain? Then it goes on. See, the people play in their minds and they don't realise they become a plaything of the devil. And you listen to what they say and you know they're just a plaything of the devil. And they think they're okay. <laughs> That's the big delusion. 2 Corinthians, okay, where are we? Um, Seeing them, we use great plainness me, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded. They were totally blinded. And it goes on and says, For until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. When I find people want to always live in Old Testament theology and they don't live in the New Covenant, I know the veil is upon them. What they lack is Jesus Christ. They lack the knowledge of who he is and they lack relationship with him because the veil gets taken away when he fills them with life. It's done away in Jesus Christ. But their minds are just so blinded. There's nothing worse than a man with a blinded mind who doesn't realise that he's destroying his life, his family's life, destroys them through blindness doesn't understand the consequences. And in Christ, the veil's taken away. 
But when people are blind, no good beating them around the head and saying you're blind. They need their eyes open. Hey, they've got to learn how to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The Holy Ghost has come to pull down the imaginations that are against God. God's come to reconcile us to himself through Jesus Christ. We're alienated by our actions. God, by his action, wants to reconcile us. Is that plain? Hello? In other words, God is on your side. You oppose yourself by your thinking. And really, only a fool fights himself. But there are many fools. Blind. I always remember seeing an idiot thing one day. They showed it on television. A man got up. He was about to be in a boxing bout. And he went shadow boxing. And he started swinging his hand so violently he knocked himself out. I mean, he didn't fight anyone else. He knocked, he, he was down on the ground. He literally knocked himself out. You say, well, how can a man be that stupid? You oppose yourself. <laughs> Your problem is not something out there, it's something in here. Okay? Don't worry, it gets worse. You know, that's what's so wonderful about Scripture. Titus. Turn with me to Titus. You'll find it after Timothy. If you don't know where to look. If you don't know where Timothy is, you're in trouble. Titus. Let me see. Um, We should be in verse 9. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, the Cretans are always liars. Evil beasts, slow bellies. I like that. I really think that's an apt description. Slow-bellied evil beasts and liars. What is a slow belly? I'll tell you what Jesus said. It's not what goes into a man that defiles him. It's what comes out. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Do you know, there's Jewish fables, there's commandments of men. People, they've always got their idea of what's right and wrong. Man wants to set up his idea of what's right and wrong. Uh, And Paul writes, he says, you've got to rebuke. Rebuke. Uh, and you know, it's not, um, it's not a gentle thing. Verse 13, this witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them how? Sharply. 
But it's amazing how with a blind mind, with selfishness entrapped in the heart, the first thing they do is treat you as an enemy. If someone comes and challenges you for your wrong living, you should treat him as a friend. He's a friend of your soul, not an enemy. You're the enemy of yourself. But unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. The defiling of the mind and the conscience. You know, when people can always fault find, always critical, always knowing better, watch out. They profess that they know God. I met those people. They profess it. Liars. But in works, they deny him. Being abominable, disobedient, and unto every good work, reprobate. That's void of judgment. In other words, they don't appreciate what's good. They only know what's evil. And God says, they oppose themselves. God says, rebuke them sharply. Shut their mouths. My. Why? Because it affects the minds of other people. When someone gets hostile, alienated from God, when someone's blind in their mind, I tell you what he does. He mouths off, but he affects other people's minds. That's what Peter had when he said, when Jesus said, look, I've got to go to the cross. Far be it from you, Lord. Jesus turned around and said, get behind me, Satan. You don't savor the things of God, the things of man. See, in the mind... All in the mind. People don't like it. When you start talking and it gets close to home, the animosity and the alienation comes to the fore. Do you know light manifests darkness? Brings it out. Strangely enough, what light doesn't do is get rid of darkness in a sense of just whooshing it away. First of all, the enmity and the anger and the hatred starts to stir in a person's mind when they're confronted. They need to know what spirit's working in them. It's a spirit that works in the children of disobedience. They don't like correction. They don't like challenge. They don't like confrontation. Why not? Wicked works. Brings enmity against God. Wonderful, isn't it? Say, well, is that all? No, it gets worse. Ephesians chapter 4. It's great to have a Bible, isn't it? Huh? Ephesians 4. Uh, let's uh, Ephesians 4, let's take um, um, verse 11. And he, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting, that's readjustment of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the 
fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive. Do you know there's people around you that lay in wait. The only reason they want to deceive you is because they want to justify their wrong lifestyle. Their cunning craftiness is lying in wait to justify themselves and what they do and cover their sin and they lie there waiting to deceive. Boy, that's terrible, isn't it? I think there's some cunning people who are trying to deceive you, alienate you from the life of God and build their own little party and faction defending their sin with a cloak of maliciousness. But you'll always find it. They're there. That's what they do. That's their gift. God says their mouths have got to be shut. Rebuke them sharply. Boy, you know, terrible that someone would want to destroy someone else. So, well, how can that be? Well, and this is a church, this is a New Testament church that comes behind in no gift and, and Paul commends them and, and tells them what wonderful things have happened and then he says, hey, but you know, right in the middle of you there's people craftily waiting to deceive you and they think they're of God. My. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth not walk not as other Gentiles walk in what? the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned of Christ. Is that plain? In other words, people are living a wrong lifestyle and he, he spells it all out. Past feeling. Giving themselves over unto lasciviousness to walk, work all uncleanness with greediness. You haven't so learned of Christ. If so be you've heard of him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off Concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's the attitude of your mind. It's all to do with the mind, isn't it? Hello? As you think. You know, there's a deceitfulness. There's something so deceitful in the mind. 
You think you're right when you're doing wrong. You think you're smart and clever when you're destroying yourself. It's all in the mind. That's where it operates. That's why I believe in education so much. I'll tell you why. I believe we should bring up our children in the fear and admonition of God. Education's very important. Living by biblical principles is important. Life is important. Now there's some people blind in their minds, blind in their hearts. Parents have done damage to their own children by their stupidity. If you oppose God and alienate yourself from God and the life of God, go against God's principles and reckon yourself, okay, you're in trouble. God's not your enemy. You are your enemy. Is that plain? Hello, is that plain? You understand what I'm saying? It's not, compli- it's not rocket science. It's in the book. Okay? Having understanding darkened. Do you know there's some people that appear intelligent, but when you listen to them, they don't know the difference between truth and lies. They don't know the difference with their spirit and God's spirit. They think they know God. But what's produced in them is evil. And they're so smart. Alienated from the life of God. Enemy of God. And they cover it all up with a nice front. But you've only got to spend five minutes in their presence and listen to what's coming out of their mouth and you know how they think. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you just listen. I'm not for just listening to people, I'm for telling them. I'm not a social worker. You tell them the truth. Is that plain? The only person who is an enemy is you are an enemy of yourself. You're not smart. You're a fool. Alienated from the life of God, an enemy of God. Boy, that's not a safe place to be. Now you might be one of those that say, hey, the end's coming. You know, all the floods all around the place, uh, disasters, terrorists. (laughs) It's not a time to live wrong with God and make him your enemy if ever there was a time to make God your friend it's today let's look on you know um, where, where have I got to Ephesians 4 alienated past feeling given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness you haven't so learned of Christ well isn't that plain That's not the way God intends you to live. There's a land of good things. I will press in and they'll be mine. But not if the Lord's prepared it and I'm saying, no, I'd rather be your enemy and fight you. I'd rather reject grace and live for myself. I'd rather be selfish. Colossians. Colossians 2. Uh, Verse 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward. 
in a voluntary humility and worshipping of angel, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increaseth with the the increase of God. You know, there are people that start this nonsense about principalities and powers over cities and generational curses and family curses and all the nonsense. And they talk about these things as though they see them. Well, they're vainly puffed up, the Bible says, in their fleshy minds. You understand what I'm saying? You say, well, don't you believe in vision? I believe in a vision. But I tell you, a vision's in your spirit. Not some spooky thing. My God is a good God. Amen? You know... It says, resist the devil and he'll flee. Then, oh, we've got to fight. You know, we've got to struggle. Nonsense. He's already defeated. I love what T.L. Osborne said. One day he was ministering over in India uh, and it was almost as though the devil was there. You know, he said, he said out loud, he said, devil, don't you go away. I want you to stay and watch these miracles. You know, because the devil flees. Soon as he knows there's light around, he's off. Close them down. Doesn't work anymore. My dear friend, Archbishop Benson Ederhoser, he built his miracle center right on top of where they used to have human sacrifices. People said, oh, you can't do that. That's where they worship the devil. He said, that's exactly where I want to be. He said, he's under my feet. And he built his miracle center right over the top of it. Christians was, oh, God won't turn up there. That's exactly where he wants to turn up. 